Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. Alive again, and we have our first guest in a long time. Yes, we are so excited to welcome back Miss Danielle Davis. Woo! I'm gonna do a clap. I think Danielle was like on one of the original, like she's like a OG, right? Like Like number 10. Something like that. I mean, she's definitely was like maybe the top five first interviews we've ever done. Yeah, I think this is my third appearance on crazy zen right. line because we did a, a derby video with you oh which yeah it was really good yeah so yeah. it's like you're just like a, a a repeat guest but what are they called like when they bring people back on um a, to host? a reoccurring character that's it <laughs> reoccurring Part of the cast on the podcast <laughs> oh well, welcome back welcome back so um for our new zen friends can you give us a quick rundown of your credentials or just your elevator speech to tell our Zen friends who you are and what you do. Yes. Uh, I'm definitely probably going to forget something, but I'm Danielle Davis. I own, I'm a co-owner of Lemonade PR, a public relations influencer marketing and content creation agency in Louisville, Kentucky. I also have the blog, although I don't blog enough these days and, you know, Instagram presence or influencer, whatever we're calling ourselves these days, um, called Lua Ware, which is how I met you guys in the first place. I also have three kids. They are 10, five and seven. And, um, I like to watch television, the housewives. I like petty drama gossip. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> awful, but no, but like about celebrities and, um, Yeah. Oh, I grew up in Miami, Florida too. And then I moved to Louisville. So I have like a, you know, I'm not a lifelong Kentuckian. But But I will say I have one of the most knowledgeable Kentuckians of Kentucky culture. Like I look to you and you're, I mean, I was born and raised in Kentucky and you're like, um, I know more. I (laughs) I agree. You really invested in the state. I'm impressed. What I should have also included in my elevator speech is I am a grade A know-it-all. And (laughs) I love to go down a rabbit hole about everything. Um, and that includes where I live. So, you know, yeah, I love it. Well, you Why not put your passion there. Certainly <laughs> are a Louisville icon too many. Cause I think when, um, if there's anything going on in Louisville or if there's a way to experience Louisville, you are the first person that comes to mind. And I'm like, Ooh, what would Danielle send this person? Or like, you know, what would we do if we're just a tourist in our own city? So you do a great job of cultivating that Louisville content for all of us. So we really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks guys. Well, it's also part, I think a lot of people thought that it was just something I, I I mean, I love Louisville. I'm very enthusiastic about it. Obviously my, you know, Lua wear, but it's also part of my job. So to stay up to date on things. Um, So it helped, you know, in my real job. So, or they're both real jobs. We're talking about personal branding. They're both real jobs. Um, (laughs) But it does help, you know, that I, that that's, I'm not a nurse or, um, you know, a lawyer or something like that, where my job is not totally, um, disconnected from the public sphere. So it helps, it helps that I read the news a lot. Well, yeah, you are, you're very good at reading the news. You're very good at staying up to date and you're very good at helping people 
brand themselves in a way that feels like super authentic to a person. And I know that a lot of people, if you're starting your own business or if you have your own business can feel like it can be, um, a little daunting or you're just kind of hide it a little bit. You're not really standing and owning. It is what you're trying to, you know, to sell to people. You might be like, Oh, it's just a hobby or, Oh, it's just something I do on this side. So how can you help people become more confident in owning what it is they're trying to sell? I think that if someone decides to take something seriously, um, in my personal experience, when I started Luaware as a side hustle, I knew originally that I was going to take it seriously from the start. So that's my first tip is if you decide you want to do something, even if you're just going to sell cookies to your friends in your neighborhood, take it seriously. Um, come up with a name, you know, get a logo. You can, I mean, I don't that I do branding and marketing as a job, as a per, you know, so I, I want clients to come to me, but I also think you can get a logo on Etsy or pay for some, have a friend that's a graphic designer, just do um, a design for you, but take it seriously from the start. Um, and don't undersell yourself. I, I use like the cookie thing as an analogy, but if like your friends have said, your cookies are amazing, you should sell them. They're not saying that to you to blow smoke up your butt. Like they're saying it to you because they think it's an actual viable option for you. If someone has encouraged you to pursue something as a side hustle or a side hustle that you'd like to take to a full-time job, take it seriously. Don't undersell yourself. Don't say, I'm just doing this. Um, say I'm doing it. And I always say, and that extends to social media too. And I have had to say this to a lot of friends that have started businesses. And I've said it to clients. Um, if you start a social media channel, do not be one ashamed and do not be timid about asking your friends and family and acquaintances and your circle of influence. We all have a circle of influence. Um, do not be ashamed or embarrassed to ask them to support your business. You will find that not all of them will. You will find um, that, you know, not everyone's going to hit the follow button. Not everyone is going to order your product, um, but you will be amazed at how many people do. And then once you have that audience, talk to them because that's what they're there for. Um, I've had a lot of friends say, well, I don't want to be annoying. If someone no longer needs your services, they will unfollow. They will unsubscribe. They will make their choice but your customers want to hear from you. So continue to speak to them at a regular cadence. Um, and that goes for, if you're starting a podcast, if you're deciding to, you know, put art on Instagram, whatever your thing is, if someone decides to hit the follow button, they want to see what you're doing. And if they decide they don't want to, they will unfollow, unsubscribe, um, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, and again, some of the people who will follow you and be your biggest advocates, they may not be your biggest customers and vice versa, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't continue talking to them. It's a really great tangible tip. <laughs> like, why are we not doing that? I mean, I should be doing that. <laughs> Shannon, I should be doing that talking more. I feel like we were very talkative people, but it is great to put yourself out there and release that shame. Like I think that is going to release a lot of that inner like, Ooh, and uncomfortableness. Now, when you're are talking to your community, 
Um, what are some do's and don'ts? Like, what do you want to stay in between the lines? Do you just want to open it up or are there like trigger things like you shouldn't say or steer away from? Well, I think you have to make like your own personal choices on that. And I also think it depends on your business. Like we'll go back to like my cookie analogy. If you are selling cookies and people want um, your story in conjunction to that main topic. So, um, you know, if you are a mom and daughter who make cookies and you're selling them, then you can talk about, talk about your mother daughter relationship, talk about how you also um, are balancing other things, but talk about that in relation to your business. I wouldn't be like sharing, um, you know, like maybe your kids' sports activities or whatever. But if you're baking cookies and your kids come in or they're taste testing or things like that, like do things that as they relate to your business. Um, if you're, you know, in you got in your example, like if you two were talking, you guys talk about your whole like your whole lives. So I think that you can be a little bit more open. I think we all have to make a personal decision on what we want to share. But I think that what I've told people is talk about things that you're passionate about because one that's contagious, people get your enthusiasm about that. And, and even if they don't care about X, Y, Z, they probably want to hear someone who's excited talking about it. I find that with lots of things. Like I go down these rabbit holes of Disney influencers all the time. And yeah, I like Disney World, but I'm not like obsessed with it, but I find it kind of fascinating to listen to people talk about things that they are obsessed with. Um, and so, you know, if you have something that you feel really passionate about, I had a client once um, that was an interior designer, but she also really loved um, the Kardashians and their aesthetic also kind of, they, I think that their aesthetic kind of like blended together and they had overlap. So it was like, don't feel uncomfortable sharing what you love because the things that you love are going to influence um, your business and that connection that you have with people. Absolutely. I think it's easier to connect with a person than it is to connect with a thing. So if you, um, you know, I, I like Olive and June nail polish. I love the brand. I love the color. I love what it does, but I also love the person behind the brand. And, you know, Sarah Gibson Tuttle, who founded that does a great job of putting her face out there and, you know, being connected of she's the one teaching you how to do, you know, a little manicure, but it's because I'm connected to a person, it makes the brand more relatable. And it just kind of gives me a little bit more, you know, I'm just more invested in it when I have a human connection versus just a product. And I think that's true with a lot of brands, um, that have come up that way. Like think about Spanx, like, a lot of people know Sarah Blakely's name. And that was even before, you know, like Instagram and things like that, because she, put herself as a big part of the personal branding on that. Um, so I think people want to create a connection. Um, and especially like right now, people are really interested in building connections with brands on a more like, um, personal level, not necessarily like, um, legacy brands that we're all familiar with, but when you're coming up as a new brand or, um, you have a new side hustle or a service or whatever you're doing, people want to hear the story behind that. Um, and they want to buy into your story and help that move forward. And like I said, even if they're not your customer, they could still be um, someone that is helping your brand grow. So uh, uh, yeah, I have one question. So we're in a, we're still in the pandemic. We are, I guess. 
variant, whatever you want to call it. So what have you seen since the pandemic and how to brand yourself and market yourself? How has it changed? And how can someone um, who's new to the game kind of start in this like new world that we're like moving into? Well, I mean, I, even before the pandemic, I felt, I feel like having a presence on social media is important. Um, but now I think more than ever, you have to be communicating like really intentionally in a digital platform with people because unfortunately we're not able to go to as many events. We're not able to, you're not able to go to a fair and see like, you know, go to a table and explore like a new brand that way. If you're selling, you know, honey or like a, a brand thing like that. Um, we're not able to go to events and see these big activations by brands. Um, and we're not able to just like, I mean, we, you know, you can, but like there are people that are reticent about inviting people into their homes or doing things more like that. So um, I feel like you have to open yourself up a little bit more online to be able to do that. Unfortunately, there's, you know, a double-edged sword with that with because of that, you're letting people into your home and, um, and they feel like a connection with you. So they also sometimes feel like they can say things to you that they wouldn't say to you if they were just shopping from your, you know, table or coming and coming into your store or things like that. But, um, you know, you have to balance the good with the bad. And again, the majority of people are overwhelmingly going to be positive and supportive, but right. Those trolls, man, they'll get you. They, they're out there <laughs> sharing their opinions, whether you ask for it or not. <laughs> they're spending more time on the internet right now. Exactly. So if you are out in, in public, I mean, at some point you are going to have to, you know, talk to actual people and stay off of your device. How do you, um, or what are some tips that you can give us on cultivating like a really strong 30 second elevators pitch? I think you just need to boil down what your business is. Um, like what, and what you want to accomplish. So who you are, what you do and what you want that person, what their kind of call to action is. Um, think about like a good ad you see anywhere. Um, you know, the brand, like if you see a good ad, you'll know the brand, you'll know what they're selling and you know what they want you to do. Um, and that's what you need in your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, and how you can connect to that person. Um, and like what service you can provide that, that they might be of interest. And I think having an elevator pitch that's different for different people is important. If you're going to your friends, if you're at a cocktail party um, with a group of friends, the way you're going to talk about your business is going to be different than if you get invited to um, say uh, like a networking dinner or a fundraising dinner. Um, where you may be meeting new people. So I think that um, you really need to boil it down to those three things and um, just being able to concisely say it without selling yourself short. And I think that's an issue that I know this audience is primarily women and that's what women have a hard time doing. And that's what men do not have a hard time doing. And in my personal like career journey, I've had to learn from men that they sit at a table and they take the space and they tell people what they do. And sometimes they hear side-eyeing and be like, what? <laughs> like, that's a little much. Do you really do all that? But they're not afraid to say 
who I am, what I do and what I bring to the table. And women sometimes very often have a tendency to be like, well, I just do this or it's something I, oh, I, I kind of do this on this month or I might oh, like, oh, Danielle has a business. Yeah, I, I started this, you know, and I have a tendency to do it, to sell myself short. And I have learned, and it's not natural for me, but to step into it and say, if you're not going to talk about your business, who is? It's very true. 100%. And also, yeah. like what I've noticed is that if you're having trouble coming up with your strengths as a woman, and I, cause I feel this in my soul. Sometimes I'm like, I am like, but am I like that? Like, I know I'm good at things, but I'm like, but is that like the thing I'm good at? Like, so should I say that, you know, I'm, I have a great personality and I'm really good at this, you know, I don't know. Yes, Brittany, you should, you should always say right. about yourself. So one thing that I've gotten really good at is like asking Shannon's opinion, like go to your friends and say like, okay, like, what would you say? Like my five strengths are like, I think that that's a great way to bounce some ideas. And then Honestly, they're going to say 15, they're not going to say five, they're going to say 15 and you're going to be like, great. And that's going to add to the elevator speech. You can draw from that and really know, and it's going to give you more confidence to push forward. That's one thing we always do with brands. When I do a, um, a rebranding, or we do a lot of work where we help brands figure out their tone of voice, who they are, um, what they stand for, what their values are and using those to drive the way they talk to people from their internal teams to external audiences in a different areas. Um, but one of the things we do for that, that we can all do, like you said, in just a focus group with your friends is asking people to describe what, what they do. We send it to their customers and say, what does X business do? How does X doing business with X business make you feel? What does an experience with them? And then we use those conversations as well as what the people think about themselves to really bring that together. And a lot of times what you hear from customers um, or those are, you know, in your sphere of influence, what you hear from them is not the way you would necessarily describe yourself um, or you might be reticent to. So I also think that we know the difference between confidence and arrogance. Um, and sometimes you can be a little bit arrogant about like what you're good at. Uh, I think that being confident is something that women have been kind of told not to do. Or if you're confident, it should only be about how you look and not who you are. Um, and personally, I'm most of the time I'm not confident in how I look, but I am confident in who I am. And I think that a lot of times we've been pushed down to say like, don't do that or don't be that way or don't take up so much space. And at some point, like you have to, this is my motto in life, put it on my gravestone. Those who mind don't matter. And those who matter, don't, or wait, those who matter, don't mind. And those who mind don't matter. Um, so like, you have to think about that. Some people aren't going to like you and that's okay. Some people aren't going to want to do business with you and that's fine. This is a big world. And there's a lot of alleys for everyone. That is so true. That is, yeah. We talk about that all the time. Like there's a niche for everything. Like there's every interest. You're going to find a lane. You just got to find your people too. 100%. And again, like sometimes your friends, you can have close friends who aren't your customer, who aren't your followers. I'm like, it's good. Like we're still friends. You probably don't want to hear all that. Like what I'm talking about on there. And that's fine. Like somebody else does. So it's cool. Like, but when we get together, we're, it's, we're all good. We're still like, you know, it's not, it's fine. Yeah. I think things, women take things really personally too. Yes. I was gonna say to that point, like it's, 
I think sometimes it takes like getting some negative feedback or like critical feedback for you to build up that thick skin to be like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm not for everybody and that's okay. I just need to be good at what I'm doing. And like, when you, when you're good at what you're doing, it's going to attract the people that want to absorb what you're good at. And it, it, you're right. Like it might not be your, you know, 10 closest friends, but as long as those 10 closest friends are still cheering you on doing it, then cool. Keep them in your circle. But you know, it doesn't have to be that that's your target audience. Cause they might not be. And that's also, that's okay. And I think as women, we have a tendency to want and we crave acceptance. So we want to be liked by everybody and we want to be for everybody, but in reality, we're just not, and that's okay. That's yeah. Okay. I think that we all just need to be. And I also think that a lot of people internalize things. I, I mean, and I say this from a place of like, I do this all the time. And I have only learned this because I have to tell myself it every five minutes. But once you realize that legitimately other people's decisions, like 99% of the time have nothing to do with you. It opens up like so much more, you know, like everyone is, again, we've heard this a million times, like running their own race. And sometimes like, you know, they didn't like that because it didn't show up in their feed or because like they didn't, they don't have time. They're busy. They didn't see it. Like it has a lot of things when people take things so personally, it has absolutely nothing to do with you and everything to do with like what's going on with that person. It's totally true. Everyone's the star of their own show. Yeah. Like that's I'm the movie star in the Britney show. Like I'm, I run it. So it's just me. <laughs> I mean, I am the main character in my whole family's life. They should bet they, they need to know. They need to know that <laughs> I'm on the tell them. <laughs> we need to have reason blank sit out. <laughs> yeah. But- no, they make for great content. Keep those yeah. two in there. <laughs> I'm like, they are great. Oh, they're great. They, I love it. They need to have their own. I mean, I'm trying to subscribe to Blake's uh, YouTube channel, like ASAP. <laughs> no, she wants to start when I'm a little nervous about it, but yeah, they yeah. do their own, you know, bits. They're their YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. <laughs> like subscribe. <laughs> I love yeah. it. See, she's not, she's got her elevator pitch like down. Like no. she's confident. Like she read. Oh, it we are. I mean, I will say like, I know you guys are too. We are raising confident girls. Like my girls know. I, I think it's really important that we co- compliment our girls on things beyond their looks. 100% because my girls know that it's just as important I mean it's it doesn't matter to be pretty on the inside and outside I mean my daughters are vain unfortunately but they know that it's important to be confident and capable and strong um, and funny you know like those are all really really awesome traits to have too yeah. It's just not about like pigtails and smiles. Like mm-hmm. you, yes, just own your own space. I think that, and you can manicure that over time. And that's what I was going to um, ask you. Like, is there a skill that you weren't really good at before? And now you're like, oh my gosh, I invested in this skill and now I, it's totally paid off. And I'm so glad that I did. Um, yes. One is being, one is being able to talk about my business in a way that doesn't diminish it or, um, minimize it. This is a lot of people, because I am a woman with children think that I'm doing this to fill my time. My business partner, Lindsay, the same way that they think that this is something our husbands let us do to, you know, fill the day. 
Um, and I even had, you know, my old boss told people, oh, well, she's just going to go be a mom and then do this on the side. No, like this is my career. This is my job. I am good at my job. Um, and being able to confidently say that and go into a meeting and I'm not just a, a girl at a table. And I spent a lot of time in my career as a girl at a table, taking notes and doing things. And, and it is hard to draw a boundary in the line to say like, no, my time is valuable. Um, my skill sets are, are not something that I think also a lot of times I'm not an electrician. I'm not a plumber. Um, I don't bring you something like tangible. So people think that you just want to do it for free mm. and, and doing work for free is volunteering. And I'm more than happy to volunteer for organizations that need volunteers, but you know, you wouldn't walk into Kroger and ask them to do, to give you groceries for free, you know, in, and so I don't, that's not how like a business works either. Um, and I've done that with both. That's been something that's very hard for me to learn um, because I am a people pleaser and I want to help others. And I want to be able to, um, you know, help other people succeed. But you have to look at too, like who's helping you succeed. And like, if you're sitting down at the table with people and giving them all this advice and free information and they're not reciprocating at some point, you have to say like, okay, like I'm going to save my, my, my free advice and things for the people who are, you know, also invested in me. Right. Yeah. So do you have, um, a hard time identifying and knowing what your worth is and how long did it take you to really nail down? Like, no, this is my worth. And this is, I'm not going to take anything less than this. Yes. And it, and it obviously has changed. I mean, when I started, like when Lindsay and I started our business, we were a brand new business. So you have to say like, we need work. We're trying to build our name. Like we will do more for less. And there are clients that have been with us from day one. And I still provide them with the same, like they believed in us at the beginning. So I'm not going to go ahead and say like, oh, we're going to, you know, raise your rates a million, but you have to you have to look at how much time you have in a day. You only have a certain amount of time. You only can accomplish a certain amount of tasks in a, in a certain amount of time. And, um, and you have to provide that, like you have to provide value for yourself and for others and, um, and finding out like, again, I'm still not great at this. And I feel like you need to ask other people and talk to other people in a similar industry and do your research on your industry. Cause it's going to be different for every industry, what you're doing. Um, but, you know, it's written up on my board in my office. It's like Lindsay and I's motto for 2021. That's what you're in, right? I think so, yeah. mm -hmm. Get paid what you're worth. Um, and, and that's been like our motto. And, and it's okay when you come back with, if you say this is what it costs and someone says no, it's okay. Like we've, you have to know when you can, like when things aren't just going to work out for you. Because if you're not happy about the work, um, cause you feel like you're being undervalued. You're not going to provide the amount of service that, you know, that reflects who you are. Mm -hmm. You're and not going to be invested yeah. in it. I'm not invested right. in someone who's not invested in me, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I've always said, I mean, I, I don't love taking the first offer on the table. I like to negotiate, but I also appreciate that when 
that negotiation works two ways, because I know if I'm working with someone, they're going to negotiate for me too. And not just take the first offer that comes up and be like, nope, we're just going to make this work. And off we go. It's like, uh, no, we can do better. Let's do better together. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like knowing a price that makes you happy, you know, and at one point in that, when you're starting your business, the price that makes you happy is going to be a lot different than when you have a, a crap ton of stuff to do. And, um, you know, it's, it changes. And I think that's part of like continuously staying educated and, um, learning from those around you. I think that's really important. Like, that's how I learned to be my own best advocate is watching other people around me, um, who are very good at being their own best advocate. And, um, and again, like we all know the difference between confidence and arrogance. And, um, it's just like knowing when, you know, you're veering into a place that like, you don't want to represent yourself as, but again, if you're not going to talk about what you do, who, who is <laughs> like, yeah. and that's one thing, like I work in PR, but for forever, I didn't want anything written about me or stuff. And, um, and now I have my own business and like, how else are we going to get our name out there? Unless we push it out there. You know, I can't, I have to practice what I preach. And so, yeah, sometimes I'm like, Oh God, um, that's a lot, but you know, you get a lot of good feedback from it. Well, you get a lot of good feedback when you do a good job. So you guys are obviously doing the work and you're doing a great job. And sorry, friend, people are writing about you all the time. I see your face in the news all the time. And I'm like, that's that girl. Get it. I know people are like, we're a little tired of you. And you know, frankly, sometimes I get tired of myself. So well, I mean, there's like, what, how many people are in Louisville? I don't even know. Like one, a million, probably whatever you're, there's no way all those people are tired of you. So no. those two people can sit down. Right. Uh, okay. So speaking of lemonade, I want you to, let's give a little clap for the top three things that you've done at lemonade that you're most proud of. Oh my gosh. This is such a fun question. Cause you never get to really like do that. Um, <laughs> this is your chance. Well, <laughs> Thanks for asking. Great. Um, <laughs> we did just do a really, really incredible camp um, influencer campaign for Woodford Reserve's Derby at Home program because, again, um, the brand was not able to do so much in person for the Kentucky Derby, and we executed this like huge national um, influencer campaign and we brought an influencer to town and did this wonderful experience. So that was really, also, it was just a dream brand to work with a dream project to have. I love the Derby more than, you know, life itself. So it was really like, it was the top of the mountain, um, and was so, so exciting. So that was wonderful. Um, can I ask a quick question about that campaign? Were they equally as happy with how that turned out? Were yes, they like- I have heard that, you know, from my contact and, and from the brand teams that they were really, really jazzed about it. We got so much beautiful content and it was uh, really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge bourbon drinker, but seeing all that stuff, I was like, I would really like to try this now. I feel like I'm being very influenced. <laughs> so it's a lovely cocktail too. It was fantastic. I was like, this is gorgeous. Like everybody had such gorgeous derby at home pictures. And I'm like, man. Is- yeah, it was premium. It was premium content. Premium. Sure. Um, I think the other thing, you know, it was a, it was a small, it wasn't a small step. It was a huge step. And I don't want to undervalue that because that's me undervaluing our accomplishments is having our own office. Um, when Lindsay and I started our business, we were basically squatters in a friend's office. We sat at like two desks facing each other, like all day, like, 
And, um, and then we, you know, grew our business enough to have our own office. And that is tremendously exciting that we have a space with our name on the building, which is the, the sign of uh, the size of our sign is not indicative of the size of our space in the building, but branding, imaging, you know, make it till you make it. <laughs> you know, That's you're awesome. lucky about that because there's a sign ordinance in St. Matthew's in another part of Louisville that um, is in direct correlation to the size of the actual square footage of your space. So you're very lucky that that sign is larger well, I, than- I will say we did pay a pretty penny for the extra permit to have the bills. You know, money well spent, my friend. Yeah. Money well spent. <laughs> I clap it out for that. I clap it out. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think of like our third, we have so like, we have so much stuff to be um, proud of. Um, like some really exciting thing was like, I know we were really, really excited and still are um, when we got the Bell of Louisville as a client, which is like an iconic um, Louisville brand. And I still love working with them so much. And um, we just, I just did a story for them. That's going to be on the news tonight. That was really exciting. So, um, I think Yay. honestly, like whenever we do a presentation, we're really excited about for a client and they say, yes, we're like, they picked us, you know, it's like, it's like bringing it, uh, to the pop culture sense. I feel like it's like my own Bama rush top. Like, you know, like I'm right. not the, we got the bid, you know? So that's so awesome. Well, I'm very proud of you. Thank you, guys. Good for you, girl. I'm so proud. So, so proud. So good. All right. Well, you guys also have something new. And when I say you guys, Shannon and Danielle have, because I'm going to let them promote themselves. Um, <laughs> they have something really cool in the works. And I promise you, it's like, if you don't know what this is, I think you're going to love it if you just take a chance. Because I'd... I'm going to invest in it. If I'm going to invest in it, I think you guys should. So what's going on guys? I'm going to let Shannon go first. Oh, fantastic. A lot of blabbering. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm super excited. Uh, Danielle and I are starting a new podcast and yeah. it's called push, 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 uh, where we are going to be talking about formula one. And if yep. you're not familiar you with that, what right. is, as I know you're like, wait, I'm sorry. What, what's happening? Yeah, we're talking uh, about European race. <laughs> <laughs> two things that you're like, um, wait, this is super not on brand for either one of you. So what are you doing? Well, you know, sometimes you have to step outside of your comfort zone and this is what happened. Uh, Danielle watched the Netflix series drive to survive, um, this summer and she got super hooked and she was like, Shannon, you gotta watch the show. And I was like, nah, I don't know. She's like, just don't squawk, just press play. I'm like, all right, cool. I will. And you know what? I'm forever grateful because I feel like my life is forever changed after watching this Netflix series. There's three seasons. I got hooked into all three. Um, and so much so that we just started like bantering back and forth about, you know, formula one and the drivers and the teams and all these things. And we learned so much about the sport, but what we also learned is that there's not a lot of female voices in the sport and there's not a lot of female presence within formula one. So, um, I, you know, I learned from my friend, Danielle, that niche marketing is really the sweet spot, <laughs> um, to life. And we're like, you know what? We're two female voices. We love formula one. Let's start a Why podcast. <laughs> and it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. Like if you're passionate about something and you talk about it enthusiastically, 
then you can usually get people on board. And if there's one thing is I will talk enthusiastically about things I love. And I've gotten lots of people on board. Like one thing I'm very enthusiastically about, enthusiastic about locally is the St. Joe's picnic. And now I have a crew of like 30 people that come with me because I'm like, you guys, it's everything. And that's how I feel about F1. I'm getting everybody on board. Shannon and I are getting everybody on board. Come on. I'm getting on board too. Like, listen, after Bachelor in Paradise is over, I'm pushing play. And, and this is why I think this is such a good idea. And I'm going to tell you guys why. I'm going to tell the, all the listeners. Listen, as a podcaster, I listen to about four hours of Bachelor content a week. That's me. <laughs> I listen to my own podcast, and then I invest in four additional hours of Bachelor content. So never underestimate the power of talking about a reality show. People will tune in because they love to hear other people's takes. They want to hear like, oh my gosh, you caught that? I caught that too. Oh, what do you think is going on? It is, I think this is prime. I think this is a fantastic idea. It's going to blow up. I can't wait for it to take off and just watch out. It's going to well, take off like Fred. real, hopefully. Just yeah. I, I just, yeah, let's just make it go. Um, we, Danielle, push, 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 push. Danielle and I were at an event together um, at, uh, at last week and we were talking to another friend about Formula One and she was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you guys were ex- this excited about it. And, you know, she liked it too. And um, I just sent her a message the next day and she's like, listen, I love the passion between the two of you about sharing the joy of F1. And I'm like, see, so it just takes passion and a microphone and your dreams can come true. I mean, it really, it doesn't even need a microphone, but thankfully Shannon, and because of this amazing podcast that you two have built has all of these audio visual skills. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you're coming in great. Like you're coming in at a great part. Cause Someone get- was like, how did you guys get this going so fast? And I'm like, Oh, thank God. Shannon knows how to do all this stuff. <laughs> or I, we, it would still just be like me talking to her, you know, in Marco Polo's, but mm-hmm. Honestly, like if you are enthusiastic about something, um, Shannon and I have really developed an F1 personality trait where if we are in the same place, honestly, we don't even have to be at the same place, but like, we just walk up to people and are like, Hey, we like formula one. Have you watched it yet? Who's your favorite driver? So we're just trying to bring that like enthusiasm to the world. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be great. And I, I totally support this. I cannot wait to see how it takes off because yes, passion drives everything. <gasps> see what I did there? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to make um driving puns, by the way. Like this, like they just they just oh, roll off the tongue. A lot of idioms like cool. Right. Exactly. There's there's all these all the things. All the things. Yeah. So we're we're really excited. Um it's gonna be launching soon. Um we're trying to get it out of the gate, if you will, um by the end of August. So Fingers crossed that that's going to happen. We've got yeah. a big race coming up this weekend. So we got to <laughs> gotta push, push this podcast out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I want to say something about podcasts in general, because I've heard a lot of people say like, oh my gosh, like you're, uh, another podcast, another podcast. And it is like a running joke. And I like being a part of the joke. Cause I'm always, I'm huge into kind of self-deprecating humor. I'm like, oh, I'm sure. one of a million, but listen, do not let the masses of other podcasts or other influencers or the amount of something ever stop you from going through with something. I mean, clap it up, say it again for the people in the back. Um, I think that as long as you are passionate about it. And one thing that I think that you have to decide is to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I think that's where a lot of people 
get. And Shannon's doing a really good with the job with us with this podcast, making sure we have enough episodes to start with. And so we can start with consistency. But I do think as long as you can bring passion and consistency, keep showing up. And I think people place too much emphasis on being perfect. People like to grow with you. People like to come along on the journey with you. Just start, um, you know, get a couple things together, but don't let like having everything perfect stop you from just trying um, something that you, that you want to do and that you, that you're passionate about doing. And then just keep showing up for it. Yeah, I think our friend, um, I think you might know Natalia Bishop from Story. Uh, she said when it, I, her best piece of advice is just start. And to your point, like it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start. I mean, if you go back and you listen to the beginning podcast of crazies in life, like it's cringy. I'm like, Oh God, what were we doing? <laughs> but oh, yeah. I love it so much. It's part of our journey. I would never take those away. And just, I, I love looking back and seeing like, Oh my God, we've grown so much with this. We've grown as people. Um, we've, we've gotten much better at, you know, our craft. I love it. I love it. And that's, I think about that too. Like we do um, a lot of photo shoots at lemonade for, um, for spirits brands. And, you know, we, our first one, I, I always joke and I'm going to do this real, I promise I'm going to, but it's like the one where it's like how it started and how it's going. And like, I look at the first couple photo shoots we did and it was like, like they paid us to do this <laughs> awful. And I mean, they were awful, but it was like, Oh God. And now like what we're putting together is like incredible, you know? And like, sometimes I would look at the pictures now and I'm like, we did that, you know, like, so, and same with like Lua wear. Oh my gosh. Like it's great to we go back and look. We might, we, we can oh, find there's some, there's some bad stuff, but like, you just had to do it. Like, yes. yeah. For sure, there were some chambray shirts with some statement necklaces oh, back in the day. Do not think that yes. my first outfit post was not a <laughs> chambray shirt with those like those like really um, elaborate like six layer like oh yeah um, little like, sequin like the necklace the bobbles yes with like a a fur vest over it. I used to love a fur vest. Oh, girl. Sponsored by J. Crew. Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought I looked so fly and a fur I had a pink one, you guys. I mean, let's be honest. This is a trend. Yeah, it was pink and furry. And I I remember my first outfit post was that outfit. And I made Drew take the pictures on our, like, back porch at our old house. And they are terrible. There's so many terrible ones. But, you know, like, you can't learn if you don't try. Exactly. You got to just totally. watch this, that butterfly grow its wings. <laughs> the amount of things I just try and fail at 45 times until you get the hang of it. Like it's fine. Just do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Final little fun stuff. Cause this podcast has been super fun. But I'm sorry it, for talking so much guys. I just feel no, really that's the whole point. You're a guest on the show. We want you to talk. Oh, we, <laughs> no, we wouldn't have had you on if we weren't talking to ourselves. That's <laughs> called Marco Polo. Okay. So this is called this or that. And I know that you love stuff like this because you love, <gasps> you love sharing your opinion, but it's going to be I rap- love favorites. I love favorites. <laughs> love favorites. And you love sharing your opinion, but this is, this is going to be rapid fire. Okay? okay. So no mulling it over. All okay. right. Who's first me or Shannon? I need to know. No, it's just you. Oh, it's just me. Yeah, just okay. you. Vacation or staycation? Vacation. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Netflix? Is that what you said? Yeah, Netflix. Okay. Um, night person or morning person? 
night person. What time do you go to bed? Well, if Drew's out of town, I'll stay up until like two in the morning and then wake up again at six to get my kids up. But oh, okay. That's a nap in the day because that's a lot of time being awake. Well, I like to be, I'm very, very seldomly alone and quiet. Okay, good point. So if Drew's out of town and my kids are all asleep, I'll stay up really late. I, I, I feel that I'm yeah. a big loner. I love being alone. It's, it's I'm an only child. I was an only child. Like I, I don't, and I'm never by myself anymore. And I had a youth spent with a lot of time by myself. So sometimes I just need to have that. Yes. We've had a lot of conversations about that. It's really yeah. great. Um, if, would you want to be rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and unknown. Passenger or driver? Driver. Push, push. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Uh, would you rather be embarrassed or be afraid? Embarrassed. All right. This is, this is a funny one. Droid or iPhone? You guys. <laughs> I had to close you that You know one. that in my heart. I had to close it that I'm one. a droid. I'm a droid. I, you know, I have an iPhone now because so many people freaking yelled at me about the green boxes. But don't that. even get me started because we could do a full podcast about this. <laughs> well, you know, you have your own podcast for that. But, uh, <laughs> but not, that's not the niche topic. <laughs> And I'm trying to stay focused on what we're there for, per our previous discussion. <laughs> per our previous discussion. <laughs> I hate oh when Danielle changed all of the group chats to green. And I was, and when I saw the blue, I was like, did she, I thought literally you downloaded an app to change your phone <laughs> to turn to blue because I knew you were that committed to the droid. So that's where I thought your mind went. I was like, dang, this bitch got crafty. Oh, you know, I would have. Exactly. I really thought that I really thought you did that. I mean, so, hats off to you. That's I have, I stayed so strong for so long. And the only reason I switched over is because my kids have an iPad and it's how they can text with me. Mm. Gosh, that's a good kids. Damn kids they do it every time man personally i just want you know people are like oh i have two cell phones like i would have another cell phone that was just a droid that new one that folds looks freaking awesome don't even get me started you guys don't oh, even get me started i saw that on the tv last night i thought that was so cool uh landon recently my husband uh he recently switched over from a droid for i mean he's always he's never had an iphone his entire life he just switched over two months ago and he hates it he only did it because we moved down here so he could FaceTime with the kids when he's away back at home. He goes up to Louisville or with his parents. He's like, that's the only reason I did it. Yeah. And same. He hates it. Hates it. Me. I mean, Peter P <laughs> with Landon, I'm with him because when everyone was like, you can change your screen now. I'm like, well, I could have done that on my galaxy four years ago, guys. Okay. Sorry. This is going to get out of here. But... <laughs> I mean, Steve Jobs is going to rise from the top. Oh, I'm gonna get like struck down. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just glad you're in the land of the apple orchard, my friend. I mean, it's, it's nice here. I, if you just give it a chance, you're gonna find I'm peace. Here. It's cool. I'm here. You You'll know, find I was peace dragged over. over. Yeah, <laughs> you were kicking and screaming. You're like, I don't want to go. I didn't want to go, but here I am. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm on the train now. I love it. Well, unwillingly. <laughs> All right. You're an absolute gem. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. We know you're a busy gal, so we won't keep you any longer, but thank you. 
thanks for, for having uh, me. I love oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I mean, we'll share the links and stuff and you know, but how, how do you, how does our Zen community find you? Oh, well, you can follow us at on Instagram at F1 push, push our new podcast. I'm guessing you probably wanted to know about me though. <laughs> so my Instagram no, is at Lou what where, and we're at lemonade PR. Um, and yeah, that's, that's us, you know, in all the places, all the social medias and our website. So it all happens on the gram. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time over there. Love it. Well, Danielle, thank you so much. We absolutely adore you. Thank you guys for having me. I love you so much. Love you. Mean it. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.